Radio Live. Our show is sponsored by the Living Light Center at Church of Faith and Healing. For anyone interested, Jim and I do personal readings, and if you'd like to have a personal reading, you can call 304-567-3354 or email sandysangeltalk at aol.com. That's S-A-N-D-Y-S-A-N-G-E-L-T-A-L-K at aol.com. Well, welcome, everyone, and today's show is going to be Love and Forgiveness Transcends All Religions. And you know, Sandy, it's, it's so interesting that with so many religions, and even Christian, you know, independence with all of your different types of churches, um, each of them have usually something so minuscule that separates them. I mean, when I met with the Baptist minister, the first thing I said was, I'm a Christian. Christ is my Savior. That should be all that matters. Well, you know, it, it, it wasn't. And because they were afraid of losing money. They were afraid of, you know, money going out of the till because somebody might come to our church from theirs. And they're still fighting that war here. And it's really so simple. I mean, going to church or a church existing should never be about, you know, one congregate going here instead of there or there instead of here. I mean, we'll never, ever get off this planet if those kinds of things exist in the churches. And the people leave, and they have the same ideal. The power and ability of baptism was formally given to the priest to use um, to cleanse the soul. But now it is being given to those who, through faith, have received wisdom, through wisdom and faith, forgiveness, and ultimate life in the Father's house of many mansions. We found, we found when we researched parts of the Old Testament that there was actually a formula. 5,760 medium-sized eggs worth of water had to at least be the amount of water that one was baptized. And I thought, oh my goodness, how do you count that? Well, in my estimation, just do it to a swimming pool or a river, you know, I mean... Do it to overkill. It doesn't have to be the exact number. If I guessed, I would say that a medium-sized hen's egg is probably two cubic inches of water. But, again, the angels had told us prior to that, oh, maybe a year or so that before that, that the calendars are off. And they said they're off by 240 years. And it was believed that that the Aquarian Age would start at the year 2000, and baptism would become entirely powerful. I mean, extra powerful and necessary. And 
that would make the, the Jews believe that we are just shy of the 6,000 years, and that as of the year 2000, if you add the 240 years you'll, to the 5,760, you'll have the 6,000 years. And that brings in the Holy Spirit through the baptism to cleanse, to cleanse the soul, to cleanse the body, to cleanse every part of it. Within us are little pockets of darkness. I don't care who you are. It attaches especially sometimes to the most spiritual of you out there. But the key is, is that how do you get rid of it? How do you get it out of you? Well, there's only one way I know of, and it has to be done in a particular way. That's why it gives you even a formula. And the formula was that one had to be immersed, and one had to be, had to be completely immersed, not even one hair of, not one hair, one the head had to be out of the water, completely under, but not for very long. It was a small count, one, two, three, four, five. Most people can handle that underwater and then brought back up. And before you go under, you ask that all darkness be encapsulated by the water and that the light of God come through and take up every space left as the darkness is taken away. And the one way to prove that was when Jesus took the demons, thousands of them, if you remember, from the man who was afflicted. They called themselves legions, and they believed in him. They, they knew who he was. They called him by name, and they asked him not to kill him. And so what he did was he took them out of the man, and he put them into a herd of pigs. And I think that's what they're called as a herd. But the pigs went running down the mountain, down the side of the hill, and into the water and drowned themselves. Now, one would say, well, that might seem cruel. Well, to demons, really? But not really, because now, if they were to take on life, they would have to take on incarnation. They would have to take on a human body and go through everything that everybody else has to go through. So Jesus actually was compassionate in the work that he did with them. But water will encapsulate darkness or evil or anything like that. It encapsulates it and it holds it. And that's why when you do a baptism and that every part of your body, including every hair on the head, goes under the water, the water will encapsulate anything that is not of the light. And it holds it. And when you come back up out of the water and the light then pours into your body, it takes up all those spaces for permanently. And we, as even service souls, we go through an awful lot every day. I mean, you know, we walk through a bunch of junk. Even in the fourth dimension, sometimes we step down to help someone, and that's getting even harder to do because you don't know who to help and who's just deceiving you. But the whole idea here is when, you be, when you're baptized, you're forgiving yourself. And we're the worst ones about forgiveness. We hold grudges against ourselves. We are, you know, we judge ourselves. And we don't realize how much we do that. And if you only knew that you were only one of five, 
there are five of you that exist that were created all at once. And I can't tell you the number of times that people have looked at me and said, I know you. And I'll say, well, I'm sorry. You know, I, I really don't recall. No, 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 I know you. I mean, either I know you or you are a perfect example of the person I know or knew. And I've had that happen three, four times. And I even got pulled over one time, and the, the officer, this was many years ago, checked my license, and he come back and he says, it says here you're at Oregon. I said, well, can't be two places at once. And he said, they even sent over a snapshot. He said, and it looks like you. He said, and it even has your same birthday. And I said, well, I don't know what to tell you. He said, that is, I have never seen that in my life. He said, but you're right. It can't be you, you know, that I'm pulling over because they had just arrested this guy or, you know, hauled him in for questioning or something. And the idea here is we don't know what the other parts of our beingness is doing. And we may have to be the ones to judge them when the time comes. And so the idea is when you do anything and you do it in the mindfulness of spirit, of, of the Holy Trinity, keep in mind your other aspects and ask that they be taught what you're doing so that they will know too because they may not be where you're at. Chances are you are at the front of that line with what you know and where you've been and what you've had to go through. And the others may not have worked as hard as you. And so, you know, regardless, it's not a judgment, just regardless, ask that if there's anything there that can be taught to them, even forgiveness and love, then ask that that be done too. Yeah, very good. Yeah. Well, we have all searched for the meaning of why we are here. Where does this search unite with the divine consciousness? Well, we live in the existence of the divine consciousness, and nothing is possible outside of it. It all happens within itself. It's made up of love and goodness and righteousness and a willing to forgive. You know, we, through our lessons, we learn the meaning of life and the things we do are correct to the amount of like love and goodness and forgiveness that we express. Well, this is what links us to the divine consciousness. Everything we do is either for constructive or destructive self-serving actions. Everything we do helps us understand where we have strayed from our divine consciousness or are contributing to it. So we must learn to be aware of the thoughts we have within us, that we be able to express ourselves creatively and participate in a way that we can unite our outside world with the ideas that we hold within ourselves. We unite with the divine consciousness within ourselves by becoming aware of all the ideas objectively and then being able to express these ideas by having the awareness of creating 
and manifesting something that is helpful, constructive, and beneficial. So realizing we're doing this not for self-serving purposes, but to help others. The higher consciousness manifests itself through our soul's consciousness. It serves as a mirror for our higher divine consciousness to bring about self-knowledge. So when we embrace the understanding of learning to discover what is right, we'll quickly learn how to act properly and constructively. So this is how consciousness expresses itself through the things we do. The more we focus on our pure consciousness, the more we'll end up doing the right thing. If we choose to want to move into higher consciousness, it must start with us becoming conscious of everything we do, realizing that life brings you lessons when you stray from the universal laws. It's all about living in harmony with our existence. The divine consciousness that exists is everything, and it cannot be separated. It's through love, goodness, and forgiveness that shapes our behavior and unites us with our higher consciousness. For it's the source of existence because it is the source of all and manifests itself in us. In a, in a way, it's like it's feeding us love and encouraging us to be constructive and creative using our actions in a way that expresses God's love and realizing that it supports all life. So when we can reach the level of unconditional love, it will end the hardships and lessons from wrong choices. In love, goodness, and forgiveness, the divine world unites with itself and has no further claim on our actions. Because love is an expression of the highest level of the divine reality in all existences everywhere. Now, our bodies are important. So when we eat, you want to take a bite and close your eyes and enjoy the food because the food's an offering to our body, to the temple where God lives. When you do this, you'll feel the love for your body growing stronger every day. You know, what times do we eat? We just gobble down the food, you know. And it's a matter of taking the time and appreciating the fact that our physical bodies are truly the temple where God's energies live. So when you have love in your heart, your eyes reflect that love everywhere you go. The flowers, the bees, the birds, the animals... They're all made up of this love. You become one with nature or with people, and you connect with and feel what it is that they are feeling. First, you have to clear your mind and be willing to just feel love. Then with your intention, you connect with something or someone else, and you unite yourself with it. You can move clouds. You can do miracles. Jim was able to move clouds one time whenever we were driving down the road. He said, let me prove to you. You know, when I take my love and I connect it with the clouds, I can move them. I didn't really believe him at first, but he was able to do it. And I was impressed. It was, it was really pretty impressive. But when you operate with love, you will observe God in everything. 
You can create heaven on earth, but first, you must go inward with your mind and find the areas of negative emotions and make it surrender. Then you can love, and your emotions will not sabotage your love. You know, every form of energy has been lawful. It has been both correct and incorrect. Both have ways that it can be utilized, but the abuse of this energy usually ends in tragedy. So in our consciousness, we're responsible for the way we use energy and in a lawful way. In religion, we set out to be pure, constructive, loving, and forgiving. We don't try to let our life become out of control negatively. The energies we relate to, we call spirit. Spirit's an attribute of God, and God is all life, so all life is considered sacred. The abuse of life is sin against the Holy Spirit. Throughout time, we have had many wonderful spiritual leaders of faith, whether it be the Messiah, Christ Jesus, or some other great leader. We recognize them as bringers of truth, love, and forgiveness. They're an example of the good in each one of us. We look up to them because they have found good within themselves and a unity with spirit. They are the example of what we're trying to achieve, regardless of the issues we face in our daily life. We are growing spiritually to become aware of our own inner spiritual enlightenment potential. We are influenced by how the spiritual leaders are always faithful throughout life until death. They place values above compromise and will face any punishment to hold their integrity. This represents what all of us should be, the embodiment of the all good. St. Paul called it the Christ in you, the hope of glory. We cannot stray out of harmony without consequences in our life. We have within ourselves the drive to fulfill our proper destiny, to love and forgive, to know our oneness with the all, to recognize the importance of following the spiritual laws that say, if something is to be sacrificed, we should sacrifice ourselves rather than others. And if something is waiting to be done, we should try to do it if possible instead of expecting others to do it. And when something innocent happens that ends up creating problems, see the big picture and be willing to forgive. In the ancient temples, when one was faced with issues, they would search for answers through meditation, prayer, or just being in nature, seeking silence to learn through their own consciousness the greater good to find oneness with the law and an interpretation of our faith and what we're meant to understand. We should always recognize spiritual values as the greater importance. And remember, it's not the visible but the invisible principles that lie beyond our immediate apprehension. If we make hasty decisions over material things, it could lead us into problems for ourselves. Our decisions must consider having moral quality, and this will preserve the good in us. In the life of Christ, those who love the truth will keep its laws. Those who love God obey and desire to be a good person 
according to God's laws. The laws of eternity, which are the universal rules, all who keep them are preserved. Those who break them draw into their life situations to deal with. The divine purpose is superior to our physical purpose. The wise, enlightened individual will step outside of the belief system that they're stuck in this material way of living, which is not the best way for us anyways. So if we are to reach enlightenment, we need to cling to the eternal and release the non-eternal, accept the light of spirit, that inner light, and allow it to fill our bodies so our consciousness can be victorious over fears and doubts, and so we can feel the security we're seeking. Whenever we're strong enough to forgive others, we discover inside of ourselves the light that gives us peace and strength and helps us to end our conflicts. We return to peace in our consciousness, back to godliness where the light of spirit shines bright in our heart. Jesus came here in service of truth, love, and forgiveness. And through his example, we can see that following a path of higher consciousness will keep us heading in the right direction. And the light will strengthen our spiritual abilities to overcome our physical barriers. Wow. That's intense. Yeah. (laughs) Well, you know, we talk a lot about restoring the consciousness you know, lifting it, raising it, you know, to a to a point where we're, we take ourselves out of the chaos and we search for that all of our lives, you know, most of us have, and we would love to be able to have the answers to it. And, you know, the answers are clear. What we don't realize, though, is that the body, the physical body that you see is not the end thereof. I mean, if it weren't for the heartbeat and the breath, it wouldn't even believe that there was a higher power. And so the idea here is, how simple is it? It's very simple. How many times do we have an hour that we could go down and, if we had to, run out of room and use the swimming pool to baptize in? doesn't matter if there's other people in it. It has nothing to do with it. But it has to be... Again, the amount, I told you, 5,760 eggs, medium-sized eggs, worth of water. My guess is if you looked at, at the baptismals at most of your churches, they're probably just a little under on purpose, you know, because there's always a way that, that there seems to be an infiltration um, to make something not work the way it should. But it's always by petitioning the Godhead. By, by literally, I mean from, from the very depths of your being, petitioning God and by using the sacred names that command all worlds of light, we become just like the one called the Fist of Sophia, who became the last stop out of the system. She became the mother God, so to speak. And she sets there and she decides or determines whether or not you go through and out or whether you have to go another round. And if you're like me, I don't want to go another round. Sorry to say, I just don't want to. Me either. You know, <laughs> and 
And they lead your soul into the light of lights, the unsoft light, and into the region of the Holy of Holies. In the Greek, it was Hagia, Hegion, and the Hebrew, Kodesh HaKadoshim, the region where there is neither male nor female, but a permanent and incomparable light. This is the blessing of the perpetual light of the unsoft glory. And we search, we search for that so hard, and yet it's simple. God is love. Well, if God is love and you wish to, you know, to be one with God, then if God is love, that tells you what is necessary, at least one piece of it. And the other is forgiveness. Jesus said, I come not to do away with the prophets, but to fulfill the prophets. He said, love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy mind, and with all thy soul. He said, and love each other. He said, even as you love yourself. Now, that's, that's, it's simple, but it's, for some reason, it's hard for us to do. Why? Because a lie sounds like the truth, and the truth sounds like a lie. Look around you, and you know it's to be true. Everything they tell you is not true. It's just not true. It doesn't happen. Oh, you're going to get this big thing here. You don't get it. You know? Oh, they're going to take care of you over here. But it doesn't happen. You know? I mean, no, no we're going to put 87,000 more troops, you know, looking into your business. I mean, I'm just saying that, that look at what's important and quit looking at the things that aren't important. When you see somebody who needs help, help them. That's what Jesus would have done. If you want to be one with God, as he is, I mean, then look at what he did. Look at how he acted, how he reacted. He never reacted. I mean, he acted. But sometimes he take out a bullwhip and chase out the money changers. Well, that goes to show you that there are times that it's necessary to stand up for God. And you see, spirit, spirit comes through. But it, it, it doesn't have a way to ground the light except through you. And so you will be led to people who are praying, who are crying out, who are asking for someone to come along, for God to send someone. And that someone could be you. And if you bypass it, then that person, you have given that person the idea that God's not listening to them. And... And that's just not acceptable. It will cost you. It will cost you in some form of karmic reaction. And we don't have to have karma anymore. We have been forgiven of all of our sins. So why create more? When you look at something, keep it in your mind that you're doing it for God. And do it for God. And you can't go wrong. And if there's forgiveness to be forgiven, forgive. What do you got to lose? If the other person, you say, well, yeah, but that makes it the other person, gets, they get away with it. Do they? Do they really? Would you want to be them? The idea here is to know who you are, not just here, but above. Because you exist above. 
as you exist below. And you can call upon that power. You know, even Edgar Cayce said that the stars and the moon and all of the other celestial objects were not created to control you. They were created for you to control them. You have to know who you are. And you have to do it verbally. I mean, do it. Just do it. What do you got to lose? I mean, you know, if you're metaphysical, you're probably already considered by most to be, no, he's a little odd. (laughs) But, you know, who cares? You know, I had a Jewish person tell me one time that, well, you know, they thought Jesus was crazy. Well, they think we were crazy. Think about it. I mean... If we were out there doing the same things that Jesus did, you don't think that they would try to do everything they could to make us look crazy. And that's the idea. We are not like them. We're not like the ones that don't love God. And if you say, well, it's hard for me to feel love, then just act it. If you act love, you become love. If you act forgiveness, then you become forgiven. It's that simple. It's a It's a universal law. Try it. Just try being loving. Whether you feel like doing it or not, try it. And you will find that with each step you take, each step that you'll find that all of a sudden you become loving. And then you can't get enough of it. I pray every night that, you know, please expand the amount of love within me. Whatever, tell me whatever I got to do to do it because I can't imagine not having this amount of love within my heart. And I know that it's just beginning. When King David said, my cup overfloweth, you know, that's what he's talking about. And he's talking about the love of God. And it's just, that's what you're shooting for is to have that. When you're no longer trapped in a body form, It will not be I am a body, but I can be a body. For we have have conquered the physical domain, not by our physical abilities, but by our faith and wisdom and our attributes. And we will never again depart from the unity with the host, with our higher over self and from the love of the Father. The baptism of light will be completed. And again, you know, the Kadoish, Kadoish, Kadoish. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God of hosts. And it ties together in a scientific way. Let's do it that way too. In a scientific way, it ties together all the biorhythms of the body with the special rhythms of the oversoul so that all circulatory systems operate as one cosmic heartbeat. The host bring with them these cosmic vibrations, which they extend collectively to all creation to stimulate the process of growth and allow matter to feel directly the stimulus of divine love. This is the Holy Trinity, the holy seal for the holy names of Elohenu, Yahweh, or Yahweh, Elohenu. And this is the salutation with the true wisdom and the true light of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. It's so powerful that the gods of the lower heavens can even be transformed 
opening our realm and all the aeons into oneness with a greater story of love, revealing the greater light stream that connects our body of light to the light of yad he wadhe For all eternity, when you tell somebody, just try it. Walk the steps. Walk the steps that Jesus walked. If you don't know them, look up the book of Acts. It'll give you most of them, but there aren't enough books to actually tell you all the things that Jesus did that changed this world. But you tell somebody, and you ask that they pass it forward, just one person even, pass it to one person forward, and that then they tell that person to pass it one forward. And when it gets to a certain point, the angels will take hold of it, and they'll whisper it into the ears of millions. And we will begin the ascension process early. Absolutely. Well, on a scientific level also, when we're looking at energy, let's say, at the quantum scale, all the existence pulses and vibrates as energy. In a quantum mechanics, physics demonstrated that light and matter display characteristics of both waves and particles. And after years of investigation, Within the complexity of the quantum energy, it was realized that the human brain was not the originator of the mental cognitive, but the receiver of incoming energy waves of data from the quantum field. And based on the steady, steady stream of like a consciousness flooding the mind, these wave fluctuations determine the physical conditions. Quantum researchers have proposed that the 3D realm is a hologram, an image of reality, encoded on a 2D surface. And in the universal holofield, the nature of physical reality becomes more mutable and malleable. And when you access the information embedded into this holographic template or blueprint, you can recode the holographic projection. You can influence how waves and particles of energy materialize in the physical plane. You can harness that creative power and enhance the future outcome. How many times have we said, go back in your mind and imagine the things that were done wrong and try to visualize a different way of doing it uh, because the mind will create another way and overwrite this, some of the things that were incorrectly done. The human mind operates like a quantum computer that portrays and projects this external reality, like a hologram. So imagine that your mind acts like a movie projector, displaying this stream of flashing images into this field around you. Photons are the universal shuttle bus, the carriers of consciousness that informs this quantum blueprint. And the photonic light transfers intelligence forms into physical matter. So when photon light is activated in a holographic mind, your visualizations are projected into this quantum field carrying the light with them. You are an electromagnetic being. And when you combine the, the photon light visualization, which is electrical, with the heartfelt desires, which are magnetic, you become a powerful projector of future possibilities. So tune into your dual nature as a physical being, particles of matter, and a spiritual being, wave states, simultaneously, and mindful meditation is the tool that enhances this visualized magnetism in the stillness of the now moment in the coherent heart all opens to you in quantum potential. It requires quieting the mental chatter, 
feeling into the sensory body, slowing and deepening the breath, and the power of imagination, visualization, and passion merge and unite in harmony. So matter's crystallized spirit made manifest. The formation of your physical reality provides an observable feedback loop in which one can see itself, recognize itself, and understand itself, and test itself. So engage with the vibrant field of consciousness pulsing around you and focus the power of your holographic mind on the life you desire to live and your creative gifts are waiting. The possibilities are infinite. Well, Jim, uh, I'd like to do a little reading here. Absolutely. Okay. All right. Blessings to all. We are grateful to be here and share with you. You may be feeling a lot of changes, waves of energy filled with lots of light codes, expanding your awareness, moving your mind into a heavenly sea of higher consciousness, allowing great expansion and understanding of our existence, helping you to understand more of the reasons why you are here and some of the purposes you are destined to complete. You may be feeling the old ways are being broken loose from you and new ones are replacing them. A feeling of abundance and comfort is trying to be more part of your life, helping you feel that some of the troubling ways are changing for the better. And now an opportunity is being presented to you to help lift you to a better place, giving you more stability while opening opportunities to prosperity. Be willing to permit this expansion of consciousness to help you see the bigger picture of life. These energies are shaking and stirring our personal energy fields and creating an unsettled feeling within us. This is only temporary, and our bodies will soon incorporate and integrate these new energies. These energies will also help you see through any lies or deceptions and keep you from getting held back by them. You will be able to better discern truth and make the correct decisions for yourself. We are moving into a new level of awareness where everything is more quickened and our thoughts have more power. So be conscious of how you use this energy and know God's love is gifting all that is willing to receive it. Thank you, and blessings to you. Blessings. Oh, that was pretty powerful. Oh yes, it is a very interesting time that we are that we're moving into, by all means, and and you know the the real key thing is that we can't forget the big part of our life that is forgiveness. You know, it's. There's many quotes out of the Bible as, as I forgive others, Lord, I pray that you forgive us, Matthew 6:12, Or forgive me of my sins because I have forgiven all those whom I felt were indebted to me. Keep me from temptation and deliver me from evil. Luke 11:4. You know, the more that we learn to be humble and forgive, 
the more that we draw more and more light into our body, it helps us to evolve. We begin to see that it's not about the ego, the self. It's about the oneness with the people that you interact with, the things that you interact with. Our life is meant to be shared in harmony and in love. And if we hold inside of us the stubbornness that we can never change, we always are going to have our way and the only way, then we're never going to succeed. We have to realize that it's a give and take and that forgiveness is part of it because we all make mistakes and we regret them many times. And if we can just know that within us we have the strength to forgive others, then know God will forgive you. It's an amazing process, isn't it? It but is. But the feeling of it, when you learn to do it, just do it. I mean, because what do you gain to hold on to it? Nothing. All you do is you hold on to it, and it brings you back into this lifetime another time so you can work it back out with that either with that person or someone else. But why go through it again? Why go through it a third, fourth, fifth time? You know, the whole idea is forgive and just move on. And you move on to do the things that Jesus did. And that's that's the whole of it. I mean, it really is the whole the whole part of it. And and what more could we want? What more could we want than to be able to be in that oneness, out of the chaos, out of the frustration, to be able to manifest the things we need, you know, and even desire sometimes. But but through the grace of God and know wherein our blessings come from, we should now know where our blessings come from. They come from the Creator. They come through the Holy Trinity. It has to ground through us. That's why we're here. And that's why it doesn't always feel so good. But but the Spirit of God, moving through the Holy Spirit and the Trinity, come through us, and it's grounded, and it can take place, and it can create for miles a change in the, in the earth itself, in Mother Earth herself. I mean, you know... Sandy picked up a baby bird the other day. She walked over to it, and she looked at it, and she talked to it for a minute. It didn't move. It just looked at her. And she reached down, she picked it up, and it kind of cuddled in her hand, and she didn't see the mother anywhere. So we have greenhouses, and so she put it inside the fence so a bigger animal, cat or whatever, couldn't get to it. And she gave it water. It opened its little mouth, and she fed it water, and she fed it a little bit of cat food. I thought, now, we, this is an interesting concept. You know, a bird that's eating cat food. <laughs> well, I crushed it up and put water with it and made it like a mush. <laughs> I know, but still, you know. And it brings me to one last thing. If you're going to go, you know, hunting for bear, you know, don't eat deer meat before you go. The thing about it is it's all frequency and vibration. And if you want to get along with nature, eat as little of meat as you can, especially before you're going out into nature, and always give nature the gratitude. You know, I even ask for gratitude for 
for the years that I took from nature and never said thanks. But yet, we should all be thankful for what nature offers us and blesses us with. And, and it tries its best to be the best it can for its creator. And, you know, by doing so, I mean, Sandy, she can walk right up to a baby deer that, that lost its mother. And, you know, baby birds, I mean, she collects them, you know, puts them back down because the mother's usually squawk, squawking right above her. But, you know, the birds aren't afraid. And usually they're the same ones that come back to the property the next year to build their nest and have their babies. It's really an uncanny situation. But nature is wanting to be closer to man, kind, but it doesn't know how. And you can do it. There's a sound that's made. It's called, aw, aw. That sound, I don't care what it is in nature, will respond to it as a compassion. We've tried it at the National Aquarium. The fish couldn't get close enough. So, you know, use that sound if you need to. Also, the Rock of Our Baby song. You can take out the words if you want, but that is the universal sound of nurturing. And those things will begin to manifest in nature. And when you try to communicate with nature, just remember, it doesn't have words. Send telepathic symbols of how you want to interact with nature, and you'll find life will change. Oh, absolutely. You know, it's when you become closer with nature, you begin to realize that there are the nature spirits and the divas and the overlighting divas and when you begin to interact with them and work with them, you know, there are so many things that they make possible for you. It's like when we talked about uniting our love with another animal. When you project that energy of love into the hearts of that creature, it begins to feel more of a security around you. Rather than wanting to fly away or run away or do whatever, you know, it feels safe, it feels protected. And a lot of times it's receptive to you getting close to it. Right, we started out with that baby deer sitting at our front door, and the next evening it was at our back door, peering in the window, and that's when we figured that its mother had been killed. And so Sandy started putting out corn for it um, and putting out a protection that this land was consecrated land you know, that it was safe here and secure on this land if it needed to be. And we kind of sent a message or a picture, pictogram of all the places around us that you would see firing of guns and shooting and animals running. Okay. And so, you know, literally, we now have about seven of them. <laughs> oh, it's wonderful. Uh you know, we have we're out here in the in the country and lots of wildlife all around. It's just absolutely beautiful. Oh yeah, I've given up hunting, and one of them's a twelve point buck. So <laughs> just so you know, but we do have, uh, you know, our wellness center out here, and we do do retreats out here and readings, and we do our readings. So anybody that's interested, call three zero four five six seven three three five four. 
or go to Sandy's Angel Talk, S-A-N-D-Y-S-A-N-G-E-L-T-A-L-K, at AOL.com, and we can set you up. Absolutely. God bless. We want to thank you all for listening, and we hope that you will join us again. Do we? God bless.